The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 73 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour detective episodes of The Saint, starring Vincent Price and Tom Conway. We'll begin after this short break. The Saint was a freelance detective with a dark side. He devoted his time and resources to curtailing the activities of murderers, embezzlers, and thieves, but haven't helped those who interrupted his dinner. The protagonist of the novels penned by Leslie Charteris was not particularly saintly, and his alias derives from the initials of his name, Simon Templar. Not adverse to breaking the law when necessary and always willing to hire himself out to the highest bidder, Templar was more of an anti-hero, and the character often needed a little adjustment to make it past radio censors during the 1940s and 50s. In the radio series, The Saint assisted law enforcement agencies when red tape hampered investigation and was portrayed as a Robin Hood of modern crime, who always came to the aid of victims. Sophisticated yet streetwise, he was an art lover, a fighter, and a super sleuth. The program ran for less than a year with screen actors Edgar Barrier and Brian Ahern in the title role. Leslie Charteris wrote the scripts and produced the series, ensuring his literary property would remain faithful to the printed page. In the summer of 1947, the program returned with Hollywood star Vincent Price and later Tom Conway in the lead. By this point, Charteris had taken a back seat. In the new incarnation, the saint was more of a light-hearted character, and the scripts were peppered with witticism and throwaway lines. On radio, it ran until 1951, but by 1962, TV audiences were enjoying Roger Moore as the sophisticated Simon Templar. Time now for the first of two detective episodes of The Saint. In this first one, a bookmaker has been shot, and Simon Templar, a.k.a. The Saint, investigates. Here's Cupid and the Corpse on The Saint, starring Vincent Price from August 27, 1950. Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... 
The Saint. You know something, Simon, darling? Some things, Anne. Among them, the fact that you're a very disturbing person. Mm, <laughs> perhaps that's my answer, then. Answer to what, may I ask? Why, you phoned me the moment I returned from Bermuda. I've been wondering why you're going to ply me with a football game, a dinner, and a play. Oh, why not just relax and enjoy it? I'd like to. <laughs> Particularly when I remember that last evening we spent together in Bermuda. Before you had to fly back to the States on some nasty murder business or other. Yes, that was quite an evening, wasn't it? Quite. Do you know you're very beautiful? I've always enjoyed your thinking so, Simon. Well, inasmuch as I have a tremendous distaste for murder interfering with moonlight, I now intend to take up where we left off. Is a football game? Oh, well, it'll be a good game. As a matter of fact, it had better be the trouble I had digging up tickets for it. <laughs> well, here we are, Anne. My, how things have changed since I was in Bermuda. Imagine they're now holding football games in cigar stores instead of stadiums. This happens to be Tony Cartago's little establishment. There's an office inside where Tony conducts his main business, which consists of handling bets and scalping tickets. Oh, you do know the loveliest people, Simon. Yeah, for which you should offer thanks. We couldn't get any seats to today's game otherwise. Tony has a couple for us. Oh! oh. Well, didn't your mother ever tell you that it's not polite to go running into people that way? Oh, I, I'm terribly sorry. I, I didn't see you. My apologies. Mm, not bad. Nice manners, too. I wonder why she came tearing out of Tony's that way. Well, if you're interested, Tony can probably tell you. I wonder where I've seen that girl before. Oh, it's some harpy's huddle, I imagine. Oh. <laughs> Come on, let's go in. <laughs> Someplace. I bet you couldn't buy cigars in here for love or money. Well, I'm not sucker enough to lay odds against that. Uh, the real business is conducted right in here. <laughs> Hiya, Tony. I want you to meet... Simon! You better stand back in. As my old grandmother would often say, yikes. Yes, I see. He's been shot, hasn't he? I'm afraid so. He's still alive, though. Hey, Tony. Tony, who did it? Can you hear me, Tony? Who gunned you? No, I didn't. Duke, he knows. It's me, Tony. Templar, who shot you? Don't know. Barnes effect. Print that. Uh, uh. Oh, Simon, is he? He is. Well, there's nothing to do but call the police. Why, Simon, the saint calling in the police on a case? What's happened to you? It's very simple, Anne. I'm much more interested in a beautiful woman. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Well, why don't you call them? Oh, a visitor. Two visitors, darling, a man and a gun. That phone's getting kind of heavy, ain't it, mister? The phone? Oh, yes, yes. Come to think of it, it is kind of heavy at that. I'll take care of it for you. That's better. You know, you're the second person we've met today who should read Emily Post. Don't you know it isn't polite to point at people, particularly with a gun? Shut up. And it's also impolite to tell people... Shut up. That... Uh, you see what he means, darling. He wants you to shut up. Oh, is that it? Yeah. I wondered what he was driving at. That's very funny. I'm so glad you liked it. Though I have a better routine that goes like, give me that gun. Oh, you know, what he was freaking on. Simon, get up, Simon, get up. You killed him. Oh, no, no, I 
just sleeping. But maybe that gun over his head will learn him a thing or two. But you... Sh- and if you're smart, you won't kick up any fuss. They just as soon kiss you, too. Kiss me? Yeah, with the butt of my gun. Now relax, baby. Simon, wake up, Simon, wake up. Oh, come on, Simon, wake up. Let's leave a later call. Simon. All right, Anne. Hey, what goes on here? We're tied up. Yes. Pete thought we'd be more tractable that way. You know something? He's right. Where are we? How'd we get here? Uh, Pete, he's the guy who conked you. And a buddy of his named Louie brought us here. It's a warehouse of some kind. We're in one of the storage bins on the first floor. Uh, Nice. Are we stored away for the winter? No. No, with a little luck, we'll be out of here in five minutes. Mistaken identity, and I'm not Superman. And these ropes are... Pretty tight and strong. Darling, yours may be, but mine aren't. I've had them loose enough to throw off for 15 minutes. I was just waiting for you to wake up. Oh, now, don't tell me you're a superwoman. No. No, I owe it all to dear, sweet Louie. When I looked at him piteously out of my big blue eyes, he just couldn't tie me up too tightly. I worked myself free while you were sleeping soundly in the corner. Never again will I underestimate the persuasive powers of women. (laughs) Now, see what you can do about getting me loose. All right. There's a little knife in my vest pocket that might help. Uh, This pocket? Right. Oh, be careful. I'm ticklish. Oh, I've got it. You know, Simon, I just remembered who that girl was we saw running out of Tony's place. Yeah? Who is she? Betty Streeter. She... Ah, there. That fixes up your hands. Thanks. Now, let's have the knife. I'll get my legs loose myself. Here. Mm. Betty Streeter, huh? Mm-hmm. The luscious lollipop whose picture's been in the newspapers lately over an engagement or something? Yes, that's right. She's engaged to Jack Landers, an old boyfriend of mine. Oh. Oh, lucky girl. Jack is so handsome and fascinating. It's very interesting. There. The legs are loose. Now, let's see if I can stand up. There. How do you feel? Ooh, outside of that bomb burst in my head and the fact that my legs are apparently cut off at the knee. I... Simon, someone's coming. Slip those ropes over you and lie down on the floor quick. Okay, Simon. When he comes in, make with those baby blues and attract his attention for a minute. I'll be behind the door. And then what? Well, I won't be dealing a hand of canasta. Quiet now. Well, hello, Petey. How do you feel? Fine, baby, fine. Just come back to... Hey, the boyfriend, where is he? Here I am, Pete, with a peachy key. Aha, now that's what I call more like it. Come on, on your feet, Anne. Yes. I'd better pick up Pete's pop gun. Right, now, let's get out of here. Now, that's the first sensible thing you've said today. Let's... Hmm. What's that noise, Simon? I don't know, but it sounds like my head feels. There's no time to delve into strange noises now, my sweet. Come on, let's go quietly. You know, I wonder if Louie, the other mug, is hanging around. No, no. After Pete searched you and didn't find anything, I heard him say he was going to report to the boss. I guess he's still reporting, then. The place seems deserted. Oh, look, there's the front door. Let's head for it. Well, oh, it's certainly nice to be out of there. Yeah. Hey, what was the name of that girl again, Anne? Girl? Oh, Betty Streeter. Why? Look at the sign on this building. Sign? Simon. 
It says Streeter's Warehouse. Yeah, that's what it says, doesn't it? Come on, Ann, let's find out what this is all about. Uh, Simon, darling, I thought you were going to call the police. Ann, darling, that was before Petey hit me over the head with his gun barrel. Oh, I was afraid of that. Okay, what's our first stop? First, we find ourselves a nice telephone directory. May I ask why? To find out what street the streeters live on. Yes, who... Anne! Hello, Jack. Remember me? Remember you? Oh, Anne, sweetheart, if you don't think so, get a load of this. Mmm, mm, Jack. That's a rather warm <laughs> greeting after all these years. <coughs> oh, oh, yes. Uh, Simon, I, I want you to meet an old friend of mine, Jack Landers. Jack, this is Simon Templer. Glad to see you, Templer. Mm, but not as glad as you are to see Anne. Uh, well, not quite. No. Come on in. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, what are you folks doing here, anyhow? We came to see Betty Streeter. Uh, this is where she lives, isn't it? Betty? Hmm? Yes, remember the girl you're engaged to? Oh, sure. Come on along, she's in the living room with her father. Uh, say, by the way, Landers, uh, have you got a handkerchief? Handkerchief? Yeah, of course, why? Well, I have heard that misplaced lipstick is a better detonator for atomic blast than plutonium, and before the two gals oh, meet... Well, I... Maybe you're right, Templar. <laughs> well, Betty... <laughs> Holy smoke, what was that? Well, either Betty's involved in a premature explosion or they were shot. Come on, let's see. The living room, tablet to the left. I'm with you. Stay back, Ann. Betty! Betty, what? Oh, Jack, someone shot at us through the window. Dad's hurt. He, he Look was... after Mr. Streeter, Jack. I'll take care of the guy at the window. Well, be careful, Simon. He may still be out there. Now she tells Let me, me get a crack at him, Templar. Did you get him, Jack? I think I got him in the leg. He stumbled after the first shot, but he got away in that car. Well, now that quiet has descended once again, it might be pertinent to inquire as to the state of Mr. Streeter's health. Oh, it, it's nothing serious, just a slight flesh wound. A slight wound, is it? Feels like my whole dad blasted arm's been torn off. Be any idea who was so interested in perforating the Streeter's skin, Mr. Streeter? Yeah, I'll say I have. He was one of... Dad, two... Dad, there's no need to talk like that now. Blasted Betty, there's no reason for me to hide things. That crook's been trying to chisel in on my warehouse business for over a year. He's taken one of them over already. You couldn't possibly be talking about uh, Duke Raymond, could you? That's right, Templar. He's threatened Mr. Streeter before. Looks as though he sent one of his gunmen around to enforce that threat. Oh, you've got to give in to him, Dad. The next time you won't be so lucky. You ought to realize now that he won't stop at anything. Give in? Nonsense. I hate to sound mercenary, Mr. Streeter, but uh, how much would it be worth to you to get your skirts cleared of Duke Raymond? How much would it be worth? Mm-hmm. Who are you? My name's Simon Templer, if that means anything to you. The, the saint? I'll confess it. Does that startle you, Miss Streeter? Oh, why, 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 no, not at all. I, I just didn't expect it. Of course, it. after all, only sinners need be frightened by saints. Well, Mr. Streeter, what do you say? Uh, all right, I'll make you an offer. $10,000 if you get Duke Raymond out of the way. Nothing if you don't. You've just made yourself a deal. Simon, you taking money for a case? Well, juries award damages for broken hearts, Anne. And you have no idea how badly I feel about letting Cupid down. Well, 
Well, Miss Morley, this is our famous riverfront. How do you like it? I don't. Now, there's the spot we're heading for. Do you see it? Well, I see some speedboats moored at a dock, if that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Any particular reason for coming here? Mm, the usual reason. We're going for a little boat ride. Uh, how much for the ride, buddy? Uh, twelve miles out and twelve miles back for a buck. That's fair enough. Come on, Anne, let's get in. You know, the more I think about this, Simon, the crazier I think you are. Why would anyone want to travel 12 miles out into the ocean? To see Duke Raymond, of course. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. uh, he's playing Father Neptune on top of a wave, I presume. <laughs> Not exactly. You'll see when we get out there. And I'll expect a great big apology for those words when we get back. You mean, if you get back, don't you, Temple? Simon! Yeah, I see. That man's here again. Tell me, Petey, my friend, what are you doing here? Are you coming along for a ride? That's right, pal. Uh, you know, after paying a buck for 12 miles out and 12 miles back, I think I've got a right to be particular about the kind of company I have. Well, don't let it bother you, pal. This gun in my hand makes us equals. Besides, you better pay only half a buck. Why only half a dollar, Petey? Because it's cheaper by the dozen, right, Petey? Yeah, yeah, you'll get the idea, pal. You may be going 12 miles out, but I don't think you're ever coming back. No, Pete, this ride hasn't been very comfortable so far. That gun sticking in my back irritates me. Yeah, yeah. Too bad, ain't it? Uh, sympathetic soul, aren't you? Oh, well, the ride's nearly over. There's Duke Raymond up ahead. Well, that's funny. I don't see anything but an old freighter out there. That's it, lady, the Black Deuce. The Black Deuce? Quaint name, isn't it? It's a quaint ship. Gambling is the specialty. And I always thought that was against the law. That's when you're 12 miles out and you're Duke Raymond, it isn't. You see... Simon, isn't that a cabin cruiser coming up behind us? Yeah, it's coming up fast, too, and no lights on it. I don't like that. don't like it at all. Oh, don't worry, Pete. It's just pulling ahead of us. Yeah, I guess... Hey! Hey, what do you think you're doing? Simon, the boat's turned toward us. It's going to run into us. Take it easy. Look out! You're going to ram us! You're going to... How are you doing, Anne? Oh, all right. So far. But not much far. Just a couple of more strokes will do it. Keep it up. Had a go. Just two more now. There. Oh, I thought we'd, we'd never get here. Must have been telepathy. Oh. Wait a minute. I'll, I'll climb on board. Uh, okay, now that does it. Okay, now give me your hand. Okay, Simon. Easy does it. Easy. Uh, uh. Well, quite an experience, I'd say. Oh, where are we? We're in a speedboat moored to the Black Deuce. Which reminds me, it's time to go to work. Oh, you're, you're not actually going aboard that ship, are you? That was my original intention, wasn't it? Besides, Pete and his boyfriend will drown if I don't get help out to him. Oh, and you've got to earn that $10,000, as I know. Yeah, right as usual, Angel. Now, listen closely. Do you know how to run a speedboat? Yes, yes, I do. Well, I've got a funny idea you're going to have to run one in a very few minutes.
Hi, Duke. Who are you? I'm Simon Temper. The man Pete was supposed to bring in. Pardon the wet clothes, this damp sea air, you know. Where's Pete? The last time I saw him, he was hanging onto a wrecked speedboat a couple of hundred yards away. Hanging onto him? Come on, get down to cases, Templar. What's the racket? Uh, Duke, I have a funny hunch you're going to lay off Streeter's business. Am I? What makes you think so? A possible murder rap? Keep talking, Templar. Tony Cartago was bumped off. Why? You're so smart, you ought to know. Maybe I do. I'd guess it was because he knew too much about bonds. Bonds? Yeah, you know, securities, negotiable ones worth a lot of dough... Where'd you get that idea? From Tony. He talked before he died. He mentioned you and Barnes. Tony always talked too much. You talk too much, too. Mm, yeah, I'm beginning to get what you mean. Yeah, I thought you would. You know, Duke, there you are, sitting behind that desk with a gun in your hand. I wonder. You wonder what? I wonder how you'd look with that desk on top of you. <laughs> Too bad, Duke. You missed me. Sorry, I can't do the same. Oh. Well, imagine that. Duke Raymond sleeping during business hours. <laughs> You'll never get ahead that way, old boy. Horatio Alger would positively frown upon you. Nice going, Anne. Thank you kindly for picking me up out of the water. If I'd known what was going to happen, I wouldn't have. When I saw you dive off that rail and all those people started shooting at you. Oh, just a necessary unpleasantness, my sweet. I had to get some information from Duke about bonds. Bonds? You going to play the market? Right now I'm playing the field. There's a murder in it. And I'm going to start at Mr. Streeter's warehouse. Warehouse is over to the left side. Sure, but we're going next door. And just what do you expect to find there, Sherlock? A printing press, of course. There, you see? The Travers Printing Company. Well, I see it, but I can't understand it. How did you know this place was here, and why look for a printer? Tony Cartega told me to look for one just before he died. And as for this place, you remember the thumping noise we heard as we were leaving the warehouse? Why, of course. It was made by a printing press. Sure, that's what I thought. Well, shall we go in? At this hour? But it's so dark, nobody will be in there. Two facts would impress me no end. Now, let me see. I should have some keys in my pocket. Why bother? That door's already partially open. You're right. Oh. This is black as pitch in here. I can't risk a light until we're sure it's empty. There's a crack of light over there. Yeah. Seems to come from a doorway into another room. I wonder if... Oh. What's the matter? I... I hit my foot against something. Something soft. You don't say. Suppose you look up at the ceiling while I shine this pencil flash down. (gasps) Oh, Simon. Perfectly expressed. He's dead, isn't he? Well, if he's not, he ought to be. He's been tied up, gagged, strangled, and shot in the leg. Who is he? I think he's the gentleman who tried to kill Mr. Streeter. Well, how do you... Because Jack shot him in the leg, remember? He's probably Mr. Travers, the printer. What is it, Simon? Why'd you turn off the light? 
Because that light in the other room just went out, and I hate to be a nonconformist. Where are you going? I'm going to step over there and see what's up. Oh, be careful. Sure, but I'll risk it. I'm going after him. Oh, look out, Simon. He's a killer. What is it? What's wrong? Whoever it was locked and bolted this door. I'll have to kick it down. Watch it. Someone may still be in there. You have the most pessimistic thoughts. Wait till I find the light switch. There. Well, nobody's here. He must have gone out that window. And if I hadn't been idiot enough to bump into something in the dark, this case might have been over by now. Either that or you'd have been dead. I... What's that funny hissing sound? That? It's the flame under that lead pot over there. What's cooking? Oh, printers use them to melt their old linotype slugs in. Yes, but why would that be going now? Do you think the killer left... There was a reason I wanted you along tonight. You've just hit it. There's the type frame. Yes. And see those engraved copper and zinc plates on that work table? Mm-hmm. If we'd come in a few minutes later, they'd have been in that lead pot. But what are they? Oh, not so good at reading upside down and backwards, but... Six uh, percent debentures, state of secured highway taxes. Huh, so that's it. What? Would you mind explaining, son? Later, darling. First, I've got a little surprise party to prepare. Surprise party? Yeah, as soon as I remove the handkerchief gag from Mr. Travers, send a message to Duke Raymond and make a few phone calls, we'll go to the scene of the party. How nice. Now, what's going to happen there? What usually happens at a surprise party? Oh, don't tell me. I know. One very foxy murderer is going to get a great big surprise. So the surprise party is going to be at Tony Cartago's place. Right you are, Ann. There it is now. What's going to happen, Simon? All I know is that you called a lot of people in a disguised voice and told them something about Bonds and Tony's. Why? Well, if you look inside the cigar store, what do you see? Well, there's a light inside. Correct. And that must mean one of the guests has arrived. Look quiet as we go in. I want to see if that's an early bird or a worm. Be awfully busy looking for something. Well, let's help the poor soul find it. Hello, Betty. Oh! What's the matter, Betty? Looking for some bonds? Bonds? Uh, the ones you were called about this morning? Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Not that, Betty, that'll never do. However, I wasn't the one who called you this morning. How did you know about that? May we join the party? Jack! Hello, dear. Right, Templar, what's this all about? Hello, gentlemen. Nice of you to come, Mr. Streeter. Uh, Jack, I was just talking to Betty about that phone call of this morning. What did your caller say, Betty? Something about your father's life being endangered over some bonds and that you'd better get down here fast to save him? My life in danger? What kind of nonsense is that? It wasn't nonsense to Betty. She came down here all right. We walked in right after Betty left and found Tony Cartago dead. Now, just a minute. You're making a pretty dangerous accusation there, Templar. Happens to be true. Mr. Streeter, Duke Raymond forced you to sell him that warehouse next to the Travers Printing Company, didn't he? Yes. And it took a lot of force. He ruined the business by destroying merchandise, wrecking trucks, the usual racketeering methods. 
I had to sell to stop losing money. Maybe you better not talk so much, Slater. Yeah. Maybe it won't be healthy for Well, well, well. More gas. Duke Raymond and Pete. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Sapler. What gives here? Well, now, that's a rather silly question, Duke. You came here looking for bonds, didn't you? So your message was a frame, huh, chum? Only in a manner of speaking, chum. Someone in this room owed you money from gambling, didn't they, Duke? And promised to pay in negotiable securities to be left until called for here at Tony Cartagos. It's your story, Templer. Keep talking. But when Pete came to pick up the bonds for you, they were missing and Tony was dead. It's lucky for you, too. If you tried to sell those bonds, you'd have been arrested. They were forgeries. Phonies? You sure about that? I know it, and I can prove it. Surprise, surprise, surprise. What do you think of your gambling friend now, Duke? That dirty double-crosser. With all that dough in the family, too. Oh, loud down rat is gonna get... No, you don't, Duke. Stop right there. Tell him that he's got a gun. Isn't that strange, Ann? I was thinking the same thing. Jack. Oh, no, Jack, not you. Pretty sharp, aren't you, Templar? Got it all figured out. Oh, I've been known to get around, Landers. Anyway, it was rather obvious... Particularly after you kissed Anne. After he kissed me? What did that have to do with it? Well, you see, Anne... I got something to say first. <laughs> Pete, you... Son, he's dead. Yes, good old Pete. He never misses. There, there, my dear. Thanks for keeping him busy while I went for my gun, Tim. Oh, think nothing of it, Pete. And to show my appreciation... Here. What? What's the big idea, Ah, uh, Duke... Let's not be hasty, shall we? I've got a gun, too, the one I borrowed from you aboard your ship. Get on the phone, Anne. Call the police. You bet, Simon. Right away. As for you, Mr. Streeter, get out your checkbook. The amount is 10000 payable to your favorite charity. Your friend Duke Raymond won't bother you again for a long, long time. Like another drink, Anne? No, thank you, Simon. I suppose I should thank you for a lovely day. Mm, it had its points, but the football game might have been more exciting. I doubt it. But I still need some answers. But don't you see, Anne? Jack was terrified when he couldn't pay Duke the huge gambling debt he owed him. So he hit on the idea of forging bonds. He had Travers print them. But I still don't understand why he killed Travers. Well, he had to make sure that Travers wouldn't talk. So when Jack went to the print shop to destroy the evidence of the forged plates, he destroyed Travers, too. Yes, but why was Tony killed? Tony held the bonds for Duke. But when he discovered they were forged, he called the streeter home. Yes. Betty got the message and hurried down to see what it was all about. She thought Tony was talking about her father. And Jack was there, overheard the conversation, and beat her to Tony. Right. And he tried to kill us with a cruiser to stop us from getting Duke's story. Mm-hmm. He was a busy little man. Okay, mastermind. I guess I've got it. Except for that crack about the kiss. How come you knew Jack Landers was guilty because he kissed me? Lipstick, Anne. What? Lipstick? Yeah. yeah. You see, after you kissed him, he had lipstick all over his face. Yeah. When I called it to his attention, he wiped it off with his handkerchief. And the handkerchief that gagged Travers had lipstick on it, too. Oh. And to think that just because he kissed me, he, he's dead. Mm, I wouldn't feel that way about it if I were you. Your kisses wouldn't kill anyone, and I can prove it. Can you, Simon? Sure. Watch. Mm. There, you see? I guess you're right. Oh, please don't agree so quickly, Anne. Why not? I'm seriously considering making a lifetime work out of proving it. 
listening to another transcribed adventure of the saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. Now here's our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, in tonight's cast, you heard Shirley Mitchell, Barbara Eiler, Jack Moyles, Tom Brown, Edmund McDonald, and Anthony Barrett. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at this same time for another exciting adventure of the saint. Good night. Tonight's script of The Saint was written by Sidney Marshall. The music was composed and conducted by Vaughn Dexter. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production directed by Helen Mack. Coming up now, Sam Spade, then Summer Symphony on NBC. And that's The Saint, starring Vincent Price in Cupid and the Corpse from August 27, 1950. Also in the cast, Shirley Mitchell, Jack Moyles, Barbara Eiler, and Tony Barrett, as heard over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio shows for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another detective episode of The Saint after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Tom Conway is the saint who solves the death of a man shot on a train. Here's the girl in the lower berth on The Saint from June 3rd, 1951. The Adventures of the Saint. Starring Tom Conway. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio. Starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Tom Conway as... The Saint. Mind if I sit down here, mister? Huh? Oh, no, I don't mind. Thanks. Usually I get a little more enthusiasm than that. What? Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're a good-looking babe. Oh, you're just saying that to be sociable, mister. Mr. Uh, White. The name's Doyle. Lola's mine. Um, how's the chicken tonight, Mr. Doyle? It's okay. How would you know? You haven't touched it. Being on a train kind of spoils my appetite. So that's what's spoiling your appetite. Sure. What else? I wouldn't know. Uh, Mr. Doyle, 
Who's paying for my dinner, me or you? Well, <laughs> I take a good look. I'd be glad to buy your dinner. Oh, good thing I'm not the demure type. Restrain your joy and hand me that menu, huh? Sure. Thanks. Yeah. And button your jacket, your gun's showing. Hello? Yeah, I want some information. Listen, I want to know if the Chicago Limited's on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, passing through town here. Yeah, thanks. Well? On the dot, Mitch, 2.30 in the a.m. Hmm. It's a little past 11 now. Yeah, train stops here for 10 minutes. That ain't an awful long time, Colonel. It's long enough. Maybe. I want another drink. You don't need it. I hope Doyle's enjoying his train ride. I wouldn't know. You think he'd be glad to see us, Mitch? I want another drink. Yeah, you know something? I think he'll be so happy that uh, it's just liable to kill him. I'm closed for the night. I've gone out of business. Oh, I'll hate you in the morning. Okay, just a second. Uh... Mr. Templer? Yes, and the hour is midnight, and I'm about to go to sleep. You look very nice. Oh, you must say that to all the boys whose bells you ring. I'm not working my way through college, Simon. No. Uh, from where I stand, I'd say you'd... Uh... Graduated. Where I stand, I'm getting tired of standing. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Come in. Come in. It's um, a little late to begin a beautiful friendship. I'm frightened. Your eyes tell me that. And uh, they're very beautiful. You know a lot about women, don't you? Uh, not as much as I'd like. I'm married to Jimmy Doyle. Doyle? Uh, I don't know him. I want you to meet him tonight. So uh, I can be frightened, too? He's coming into town on the Chicago Limited in a few hours. Oh, you... Uh, Want me to bring him flowers? I want you to see that he gets home. Alive. Well, the uh, police do fairly well at that kind of thing. I can't go to them. Oh, you're afraid to. Why? Jimmy'd kill me if he found out. I see. Where is home? 49 Marble Avenue. And I'm to see that he gets there alive? You uh, haven't told me why he might not. Nor do you intend to. Why should I bother, Mrs. Doyle? Perhaps because I'm lonely and afraid. Perhaps because I'd like you to call me Madge. Hmm. Simon, I've no one else to go to. All right. I'll meet his train. When's it due? Five in the morning. Five hours to go, then. I'll go home now. Oh. Knowing that you're taking care of things, Simon. I might even be able to sleep. Pleasant dreams, Madge. <laughs> Another drink, Laura? <laughs> what are you trying to do, launch me? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that way, baby. I'm drinking right along with you. Right now, I'd say you were a couple of blocks in front of me. <laughs> hey, what time is it, anyway? It's, uh, let me see. Yeah, 2.30 almost. Early hours, baby. <laughs> hey, well, you don't tell me the train's running out of gas. That's disgraceful. That's what it is. Yeah, just a whistle stop. Who's talking about whistling? I said it was a whistle stop. 
Nothing personal. Oh. It's awful dark out. You think somebody lives in these towns? I knew a fellow once. Lived in a small town. <laughs> yeah. He was a dope. What did you see out the window? Couple of people getting off. Some waiting to get... <gasps> hey, who you throwing your whiskey at? I, I didn't throw it. It slipped out of my hand. That's all. Uh... Yeah. Then why is your hand shaking? Uh, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> You're scared. Now, look, look, let, let's get out of this club car. Too many people. Okay, anything you say. Yeah, too many people. <laughs> it yeah. is kind of a switch. The girl seeing the fellow home. Yeah, funny. <laughs> then why don't you laugh? Hey! Somebody pulling the train out from under right, me. Just hold on to me, will you please? They're just switching engines. They ought to fasten these trains down better. Yeah, this here's my car. The compartment is right along here. Oh, aren't you fancy? I just got a lower berth. Yeah. I'll be seeing you. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on in, will you? Well, a girl's got to be careful of her reputation. Nobody around but even yeah, well, so... Please come in. We'll, we'll gab a while, huh? Oh, well, that's better. Okay, give me your arm. Right here. It's kind of dark in here. Why don't you put a light on... <laughs> no! Hey, Templar! What? Oh, Lieutenant Flynn. Hello, Templar. What are you doing here? Is there a law against lurking on station platforms? Don't tell the commissioner. You meaning the train? Uh, it's easy to see why they made you a lieutenant. Well, thanks very much. Uh, Friend of yours coming in on the limited? Uh, that's um, hard to say. Translated, you mean you're not saying. Why are you here? I'm crazy about trains. Oh. Also, the department got a wire. Seems somebody on that train wasn't a very good traveler. Huh? Seems he died en route. Yes, train sickness can be overdone, huh? Wasn't exactly train sickness. What was the name of the man you were meeting again? I didn't say it was a man. No. This fellow stopped a couple of bullets in the worst possible place. Oh? Are there any good places to stop bullets? You're not too busy, Templar. When the train pulls in, maybe you'd like to climb aboard with me. Mm -hmm. Take a look at the fellow I'm talking about. Oh, I might not be too busy. What's his name? Doyle. Jimmy Doyle. Didn't improve his appearance. The bullets, I mean. Whoever shot him didn't have a beauty treatment in mind. You know him, Templar? Uh, his name is Doyle. Jimmy Doyle. Isn't that what you told me? You fence very nice. When did he die? Close as the medical examiner just figured it. He must have been shot around two or three in the morning. Well, it's nice to know he died in a private compartment. Whoever shot him had fun ripping the place up. He could have been looking for something. Wonder what? Yes, I'm wondering too, Lieutenant. Nice to have company. Could have been diamonds, though. Doyle collected them? I hate to tell you this, but he was a bad boy. He stole them. Oh, for shame. In Chicago, he and a couple of other bad boys. One of whom uh, wore glasses? How do you know that? Not much of a guess, Lieutenant. This is what I just picked up off the floor. Looks like a tiny hunk of crumbled tissue to it me. It came out of a sight-saver package, Lieutenant. That tissue was used to wipe a pair of glasses. Let me have it. Thanks. Mm -hmm. 
One of the bad boys who pitched in on the Chicago deal with Doyle's a man named Kerner. The important point of the moment being, he wears glasses. Well, that tissue is mildly flimsy as evidence, but it uh, helps your thinking, huh? No, no, no. Nobody heard the shots? When Doyle was killed? No, it's noisy on the train. It may mm. have been going through a tunnel at the time. Well, it's been fun, Lieutenant, but... Uh, it I... could be even more fun, Templar. Oh? If you would uh, let me introduce you to Lola. And who is Lola? The kind of girl your mother wouldn't have liked. Well, since I'm not my mother, some other time perhaps, but May I not have... be another time. We're booking her on suspicion of murder. She wear glasses? Mm-hmm. And the men do make passes. You're being too kind to me. She and Doyle were lapping up firewater all evening. She went with him to his compartment, this one. Claimed she chatted with him for a while, then went to her own berth. Nobody saw her at the important times, though. Too bad. It's only suspicion of murder. Lola's been chummy with lots of crooks, especially jewel crooks. Hmm? Sounds like a case. The only trouble is, whoever knocked off Doyle was after the diamonds. Lola doesn't have the honor. Lucky for Lola. Did the train stop anywhere en route? Jerkwater, a town named Haynesville at two. Interesting. But I... I'd a... still like to have you talk to Lola. Why? You're prettier than I am. Oh, thank you. You might, uh, you might get something out of her. Furthermore, if you do, I'll stop wondering what brought you here. Well, that does it. I couldn't bear to think of you staying up nights wondering. Lead me to her. We're keeping her in compartment C, a couple of doors down from here. Keep her company. We've got to search everybody on the train. Oh, aren't you going to introduce me? <laughs> Just smile at him. Oh, I'll do my best. Well, remember, the last guy who was alone with her wound up dead. How long do we have to hole up in this room? Not long. You'll just be glad you're off of that train. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never did like cops, but one thing you got to give them credit for. They know how to search a man. For a while back there, I wasn't sure they were going to leave the skin on me. Hey, what's the matter, Mitch? I, uh, I'm wondering where the stones are, Colonel. Yeah, yeah, so am I. They weren't in that compartment. We tore it apart, couldn't find them. I didn't. Oh, now, wait a minute, Mitch. You were with me all the time. Sure, when we got on the train. But according to what the cops were throwing at us, somebody visited Doyle while you and me split up. Locating our berths? Yeah, but we had to take berths in different cars. We'd have been spotted too easy if we hadn't. Sure, sure, except with the way it worked out, you could have got to Doyle's compartment before his body was found. You could have shot him and ditched the stone someplace. Yeah, so my friend could you. Would I bring it up if I... You might, you might. Just to make sure that I didn't. Now, look, Mitch, there's one thing we know. Neither of us has got the stones on us now, no matter who killed Doyle. So? So do you care who killed him? I care about the stones. All right, then let's start using our heads, huh? Doyle reached the station in Chicago with the stones. We figured he'd have them with him all the time, but maybe he arranged to have them reach New York... Separate from himself, you see. Yeah. Yeah. All right, now, I got an idea of where in New York those stones would have to wind up if that's what Doyle did. And that's where? That's Doyle's home. So, uh, why don't we drop in on Mrs. Doyle and tell her the sad news? Yeah. Yeah, that way we get a seat on the inside. Where, where we sit and wait for company. <laughs> Good evening, Lola. Or should it be, uh, good morning? Go away. I want everyone to go away and drop dead. But you haven't even met me. I'm uh, 
Simon Templer, Lola. You can drop dead, too. But wait. Simon Templer? That's right. The Santa. That's all a girl in my condition needs. Go. Oh, Lola. What? Lieutenant Flynn told me to smile. I'm uh, smiling. Dr. West would be proud of Oh, I don't know. He just gives me the brush every morning. (laughs) You're funny. Sit down. Thank you. But sit down slow. I don't want you shaking the train. I'll be careful. Oh, these trains shake awful easy. Or it could be I have a hangover. Oh, were you uh, drinking last night? I was drinking. Well, a hangover seems plausible, then. Oh, I can think of a lot better words for it than that. For example... Uh, Lola. Yeah? You're in trouble. What are you doing? Practicing to be Sir Galahad? Not exactly. Because if you are, you're wasting your time. Lola, about Doyle. Don't mention him. I can see his face right now. Half blown up. That's a fairly accurate description. Would you mind leaving me and my hangover alone? But according to what you told the police... You left him in his compartment alive. No, oh, no. Then how do you know what his face looked like? Dead. Get out of here. That won't help you much. Did you kill Doyle? You don't look like my diary. Go away. Did you kill Doyle? No. Do you believe me? I can't tell as yet. You were after his diamonds, weren't you? It's possible, but I'm not answering that one. How did you know what his face looked like after he'd been shot? All right, you got me on that. I didn't spill to the cops because I figure I didn't have to. All right, now it's different. I went with Doyle to his compartment. We were both kind of on the drunk side, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've been there. Well, anyway, he was drunker than me, so I... I thought maybe I could pick up a few carrots, you know? Mm, I think so, yes. So we walk into his compartment. It was dark in there. The first thing that happens is Doyle gets shot, and somebody hits me on the head before I can get a good-sized scream out. You didn't see who it was? No, no. When I came to, I was dead. The compartment had been turned upside down, and I felt rotten. I went away from there fast. That lower berth looked just like home. You could be telling the truth. Lean over. What are you going to do? Ouch! Hey! There is a bruise on your head. Well, that proves... One of two things. Either that your story is true, or that you were clever enough to acquire that bump all by yourself. It's not the kind of thing I like to go around acquiring. Mm, I... Don't know if the police will hold you. I suspect they won't. If they do release you, I'd advise you to be very careful. Avoid diamonds. They're beautiful, but they might be the death of you. Mrs. Doyle. Kerner. Kerner and Mitch. You mind if we come in? I... You don't mind. She looks all broken up by grief, don't she, Mitch? All broken up. Is that a new routine? She don't sound like a new widow at all. Did you say new widow? Don't tell me you didn't know. Didn't the cops get in touch with you? About what? I guess they didn't. I guess maybe Doyle didn't bother keeping him posted about his home address. Will you tell me what happened, please? Sure. Somebody took a sudden dislike to your husband. So you're a widow. When? Two o'clock this morning. He was on a train. People die on trains, too. You said the police. He was murdered, Mrs. Doyle. He isn't bringing home the bacon. Would you mind leaving? But uh, somebody else may bring it around. We like bacon. I don't... We'll just have to put up with this for a while. Uh, Mitch, take a look around. See if there's any other entrance to the apartment. Okay. 
What do you want of me? Well, Mitch and I figure that you're going to have a visitor soon. We want to be in on the welcoming committee, and we ought to figure that uh, it should be a very warm welcome. Aren't police stations attractive? Well, uh, they're useful. I guess I have you to thank for being able to walk out of there. No, forget it. Unless, of course, you really kill Doyle. I'd never kill a man. Why not? I like them. Uh, you might like diamonds even more. I might, but I don't. Well, it's uh, been nice meeting you, Lola, but I have... Uh, a... Simon, why are you in such a hurry? Oh, I've got a special date. Oh, who is? A widow. What's so special about a widow? I just want to see if she's married. Time's passing. We got lots of it. Back door's bolted, and all we gotta do. But there it is, Grandma. I got my hand across her mouth. She'll be quiet. Okay, we kill the lights and wait. The door's unlocked, and after a while, Junior out there is gonna get impatient. Try the handle, find that the door is open, and walk right into. Let go of me. Let it wrestle, friend. This shouldn't take very long. Madge, put the lights on. All right. You had a glass jaw. Oh, Simon, I'm so glad. So glad. So am I. But when you rang the bell, I was terrified. And when the door opened, you weren't there. You took too long answering the doorbell. I thought maybe something might be wrong, so I kicked the door open and ducked to a side until the fireworks stopped. This gentleman with the glasses here... That's Kerner. Hmm. No one's going to make passes at him either, except the coroner. He's dead. The other... Mitch. Yes, he'll recover. Hmm. Kerner was near the door. Mitch fired. The gun's lying on the floor near him, and he hit Kerner instead of me. A very pleasant error. Simon. They told me Jimmy is dead. He is. He was killed, wasn't he? Yes. Why? He was carrying a tidy parcel of stolen diamonds. Colonel and Mitch were trying to remove them from him. Apparently, they'd helped in the original theft. Oh. So they came here to wait for... For whom? Not for Jimmy. They knew he was dead. Then they... I think you could use a drink, and not a soft one at that. Where can I find this? Uh... In the kitchen. Come on. Jimmy kept everything in the... Time. The door. Shh. It's bolted. I'm going to make it easier for our unknown friend outside. Get over to a side match in case they start trying bullets. Hello, Lola. Oh, oh. Come in. And shut the door behind you. Simon, I... I'll do it, then. Lend me your bag, Lola. Oh, you mustn't think I... I won't. Till later. Mm-hmm. No gun? Of course not. Oh, you may have your bag back. You also may have uh, dropped the gun someplace else. Uh, Madge, this is a lady named Lola. Lola, Mrs. Doyle. Who is she, Simon? A girl with a lower berth who strayed into the wrong compartment... 
Let's go into the living room. Simon, I came here because I was afraid for you. Or for the diamonds? No, it wasn't that. I... Is the objects on the floor bothering you? <gasps> Only one of them's dead. This one. Uh, Mr. Kerner. Nothing interesting in his pockets. As for Mitch... But Simon, he wouldn't have the jewels. Uh, let's say he shouldn't have. But he has. Look. Rings? Necklace? Simon? Yes, half a dozen pieces. The only question is, are they the things Doyle was bringing in from Chicago? Uh, where's your phone, Madge? Over there. Thanks. Uh, Mitch is starting to come to. One of you had better take that gun. I've got it. Uh, hello, Lieutenant Flynn, please. Uh, point that gun at Mitch. I huh? am. If he acts up, don't be delicate. I won't. When I think of how he made Jimmy look, I... Mm -hmm. Flynn, Simon Templer, uh, would you mind reading off a list of the stolen jewels Doyle was supposed to have on him? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fine. Oh, no, Lieutenant. Not intellectual curiosity, you see. I have exactly those jewels with me, not to mention a corpse and a killer. The address is 49 Marble Avenue, Apartment C. Uh, and, oh, uh... Lieutenant, don't hurry. I'm having fun. Then the jewels you found on Mitch... Are part of the Chicago loot, yes. Uh, only one thing bothers me. What's that? Madge, Mitch couldn't have shot Kerner. The angle's wrong. The angle? Yes. Besides, why should either of them have uh, started shooting? They didn't know who would be coming through the door. Simon, I didn't want to get involved, but I shot Kerner. Mitch was holding his hand over my mouth. I had a hand free. I didn't want them to kill you, Simon. Uh, we're in uh, unanimous agreement on that. As for Lola, I... I don't like the way you're looking at me. Oh, you imagine standing side by side. A, a very pretty picture. Don't talk to me about pictures. They got frames around them. You just said the stuff you found on Mitch is part of the stuff Doyle had with him on the train. That's right. Well, that proves Mitch killed Doyle and stole the diamonds. No. It merely proves that the diamonds were not on the train. What? Look, I, I never even got through high school. For me, you have to make it a lot simpler. Well, I'll be glad to. Everyone who walked off the train this morning was thoroughly searched. No one could have got away with the jewels. Therefore, the jewels weren't on the train. Not when it reached New York, that is. I think I know what you mean, Simon. Yes, probably because you got through high school, Madge. However, where does that leave us? It leaves us with a... Start the train made at around two o'clock in the morning at a small town named Haynesville. I remember that. That's where Kerner and Mitch got on. Doyle saw them. He got scared. So that means they got to be the ones who killed him. It uh, means something else, Lola. It means that other people could have got on the train at Haynesville, too. You mean someone else is involved? Someone we don't know about? No. Then you'd have searched these other people you're mentioning at New York. The stopover at Haynesville was um, how long, Lola? Around ten minutes. They switch engines there. Which means that someone could have got aboard the train, shot Doyle, taken the diamonds, and then got off the train at Haynesville. But who could have done that, Simon? You, Madge. Madge, that's ridiculous. I was You here. saw me at midnight, did a very pretty song and dance, and then left. You then took a plane to Haynesville, met the train, and your husband there killed him, and flew back to New York. No, I... Oh, it'll be easy to trace the plane, Madge. If anyone thinks of it. I have. 
What makes you think I'll let you pass those thoughts on? Uh, you won't be able to help yourself. True, you've uh, a gun. But you've already killed two men. Uh, Lola doesn't approve of killing men. Lola. I got her. Oh, good yes. Simon. You'd better let me have that gun. Thank you. You... Better you save are... it for a jury, Madge. Because you'll be seeing one. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint, the Robin Hood of modern crime. And now here is our star, Tom Conway. Ladies and gentlemen... Democracy demands an active faith, a dynamic struggle against the fanatics who would destroy our national unity with the poison of prejudice. We must protect ourselves and our families against prejudice by accepting or rejecting people on their individual worth, by refusing to listen to or spread rumors against a race or religion, by speaking up wherever we are against prejudice and for understanding. Remember, freedom and prejudice cannot exist side by side. If we choose freedom, we must fight prejudice. This is Tom Conway inviting you to join us again next week at the same time for another exciting adventure of The Saint. Good night. script of The Saint was written by Louis Vitties. In our cast, you heard Gloria Blondell as Lola and Joyce McCluskey as Madge. Paul Richards and Peter Leeds played Kerner and Mitch. Shepard Mencken was Doyle and Ken Christie, Lieutenant Flynn. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Tom Conway is soon to be seen in the Warner Brothers production of Gold Diggers in Las Vegas. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Don Rickles. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
That's The Saint, starring Tom Conway in The Girl in the Lower Birth from June 3, 1951. Also in the cast, Gloria Blondell, Peter Leeds, and Ken Christie, as heard over NBC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 74 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 74 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two Western episodes of Frontier Gentlemen starring John Daner, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.